0: This podcast was produced by Or Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the
1: air. Good evening, and welcome to the DMCC Youth Radio Show, um, which used to be called the DMEC Youth Radio Show. In case you were wondering, um, my name's Abby, and I'm Max, and we're back again with our monthly podcast where we talk about some health issues going on in New Zealand from a student's perspective. And I'm a third-year dentistry student.
0: And I'm a third-year medical student.
1: And we just come on here and discuss some of the issues that are going on in Aotearoa and from a student's perspective and just put some education out there, um, talk about things maybe you haven't thought about before or things that we all are aware that are going on around us. And today we've got a pretty interesting topic. We've talked a wee bit in the past about the health inequalities in New Zealand, um, specifically Maori and Pacifica health inequities, but we didn't really discuss why they exist, um, like where they've come from, and what we can do going forward. So that's what we thought we'd talk about today.
0: Yeah, so New Zealand history is long and turbulent and very complicated, and we are most certainly not qualified to talk about the vast majority of it. But we do know a little something about the Treaty of Waitangi, so we're going to be focusing mainly on that. And just the very surface level, there's plenty more to learn and discuss about it, but this will just be an overview of what it is and what it describes and the effects of it.
1: And the more you learn about it, the more you kind of see that a lot of things today do go back to the treaty so if you're wondering why we're talking about something that happened in 1840 which was a long time ago um just listen on and you'll see that it still has like a very large place today to be discussed
0: okay so there are two versions of the treaty there's the english version and the maori version and there are some key distinctions between them uh, uh even though they are meant to be the exact same so, at the very onset, Māori were at a disadvantage in the policy, because while the treaty was meant to make peace between the Pākehā and Māori, there are still some contentions there over what the words actually mean. So, under international treaty law, since the English were the were the ones to draft and write up the treaty, Uh, It is the Māori version which is the one that actually matters and needs to be enforced since the Māori were on the back foot. So in the English version, the very first point in the treaty, first of three, the English version of the treaty said that the Queen had sovereignty over the Māori but promised the chiefs the undisturbed possession of their land.
1: And where the difference came in is that the Māori version, which is Te Tiriti, it gave the queen governance over the Māori, and it promised the chiefs chieftainship over their land. So those might sound like um, quite similar words, but sovereignty versus governance mean different things, and owning land and having chieftainship over it are also two different things. So that's why... Um, there's a big fuss about this, basically.
0: Yeah, and there's quite a bit of controversy around whether or not there was an intentional uh, misleading. Um, i around this topic uh, because the word used in the Maori version of the treaty was also used in the Maori translation in the Bible about governance. So there would have been, you know, quite some some familiarity to most Māori about what that word meant, and it seems to have been quite misleading.
1: Yeah, so the argument that, oh, it was a word that was made up and they had no concept of what it meant can't really be used here because this was a word that was picked specifically because it was familiar to the Māori. And those weren't the only things that the treaty promised. So we'll look a bit more at Te Tiriti because, as we said, that is the important one. So there were three main principles, which are kawana-tanga, which means governance, tinuranga rangatiratanga, which is the Māori right to authority, and ure tanga which is um, saying that Māori and Europeans have the same rights under the crown, that there would be equity between people.
0: Yeah, so that was just a brief overview of them. To give a little bit more detail, when we talk about governance, it's about having it be fair, just, and ethical. So having the best interests of both Māori and Pākehā at heart. When talking about Tīnāanga Teelatanga, the Māori right to authority, Uh, That's trying to describe how Māori have the right to authority within their own communities, so the power to make important decisions about their own health, their own well-being, and what they want to be able to do. Uh, When talking about the same rights as Europeans under the crown, uh, this is really talking about how under this principle, ideally there should be no such thing as Mori inequity. So if we stick to the principles of the treaty, we should be working as hard as possible to make sure that there is no inequity uh, in this country. But of course, as we have been discussing, for quite a long time on this podcast. Now there is lots of inequity and unfortunately lots of grievances against the treaty.
1: And one of the key things to note here when looking at this principle um, that Māori and Pākehā are equal and the same, we can really see how we have failed to uphold the treaty because If we had been following it as we should have all these last um, years, then there would be no inequities and we wouldn't be doing this podcast today. So this is a good, um, health is a good kind of benchmark to keep an eye on in terms of how we're tracking with keeping up the principles of the treaty. So we're going to look a bit more in depth at each of these principles and specifically what they mean in terms of health and how we're handling them in Aotearoa. So to start off with, it makes sense to start with principle one, which is kawanatanga, which was the principle of governance. So in order to um, uphold this principle, this means that Pakiha organisations need to make meaningful connection with Māori, and not only that, but support and encourage Māori health um, involvement in the healthcare sector at all levels. So... This is really just going back to that fair and ethical governance, which of course would include Māori because they are a part of Aotearoa. Um, And we are doing a bit of this today. Um, Some examples include the Māori entrance pathways into health professions, like um, Health Science First Year has Māori entrance pathway. Um, There are Māori advisors and members of staff at healthcare practices. And we do have some Māori health officials in government but of course we always need more of these things. Um, and there are some specific groups who are working towards achieving kawanatanga, um, And these are p- people like Te Ao Marama, who are the New Zealand Māori Dental Association. Um, they work all year round to advocate for Māori health equality. And there's also some smaller government-funded organisations like Tokamareta Wilder in Milton, and they advocate for better health and lifestyle for all Māori, which comes from the standpoint of a Māori conception of health, which is very unique, Um, and of course we need Māori people to help us understand that.
0: Okay, so moving on to the next uh, principle of the treaty, talking about tīnārāngatīra-tāngā, so the right to the authority or power to make decisions about the important things and of course health, including oral health, is tonga, so very highly prized, and it's incredibly important within te ao or the Māori worldview. So to try and uphold this principle, we need to support and encourage more Māori entrants into the healthcare workforce, and of course try to facilitate the creation and the maintenance of healthcare centres and bodies that best serve the Māori community.
1: And finally, we've got the third principle, which is Ōri te tanga, or the right to equity. Mm. So to uphold this, Māori need equitable access to healthcare. And we also need public health initiatives, which enable and encourage Māori health. And one way where we can track the progress of this is just continually monitoring health and oral health of um, the country as a whole, um, with obviously particular interest in Māori health. And when we start to see that equity gap closing between Pākehā and Māori, that's when we'll know that we are um, upholding this principle.
0: So the treaty is the starting point of what we ideally want to strive for in New Zealand, especially with health. But there are many causes of inequity, and we and we've talked about them extensively in past podcasts. But one of them is that the healthcare system as a whole is largely a one-size-fits-all approach, which perpetuates our healthcare inequities. And we've seen this across many different things. So when the first COVID vaccines came out, they were given out to 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 everyone above a certain age, not taking into account that moldy were being hit much harder, much younger. It's been seen in other things, such as with the cervical cancer screening. And we can see that healthcare system is quite inequitable in a huge variety of different ways, even in dentistry.
1: Yeah, and one way that we can um, really easily tell that it's the healthcare system which is the problem is um, lots of people don't get dental treatment because it's expensive, but for people under 18, it is free. And the way we can use this to tell that it's inequitable is because even though it's free for everyone, Māori babies, children and adolescents all have much worse oral health outcomes than Pākehā. So once we take cost out of the equation, um, then it becomes clear that there's something else going on. Um, And we just wanted to discuss what one of those things might be. Um, And it can be a bit confronting to think that this is something we have in New Zealand, but it is racism. Um, So we just wanted to go into racism a wee bit more in detail because it is a part of our everyday lives and it is important that we talk about it. There's three types of racism. There's um, internalised racism. There's interpersonal racism, which is probably the most familiar to us. It's between people. Um, And then there's a much bigger, nastier racism, which is institutionalised, which is what we're going to be talking about.
0: Yeah, so when we talk about institutionalized racism, uh, what we're talking about is that the system itself and the guidelines and laws that it runs by are inherently are discriminatory. So in terms of healthcare, care, that means that the racist practices are carried out, which which disadvantage Māori in accessing and receiving health care. So at its core, when we think about institutionalized racism, it's really that Māori are not seen and treated as equal partners in the country. So when the government ran a review, uh, they found that Māori are exposed to to institutionalized racism, and they found various different points which really highlighted that. And one of them were that Māori were 2.5 times as likely to die of a preventable disease that could have been stopped with healthcare. And also that Māori have longer wait times for specialist appointments. So these have no logical reason to be there. And if Māori were to be treated as equal partners with equal stakes and equal worth in the system, then they would not be there whatsoever. There's no reason. And there's no logical reason for that to be the case. So clearly, Maori are affected by it, by institutionalised racism, and this can be seen with the 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 additional barriers that they have to access the the income inequality that they experience, as well as just the blatant interpersonal racism, lack of Maori healthcare professionals, etc. etc. We can go on and on, and we have talked about it plenty of times in previous podcasts, but but really the number of barriers that exist for Māori to access and, and experience healthcare are plentiful.
1: So now that we've kind of gone through and discussed why things are the way they are, um, we thought we would go through some numbers and just um, see where... The situation lies at the moment, as we always like to come back to the numbers. That's a good way of measuring things. So, like we said, Māori are severely disadvantaged in pretty much all areas of health. There's not, not really many good um, kind of things that we can say, yay, Māori are you know leagues ahead of Pākehā in terms of this area of health. So, um, a really important thing to note here is that this is not due to genetics. Um, there are some kind of diseases and conditions which affect Māori more because there is a genetic predisposition there. But what we're talking about today is not those things. Um, It has nothing to do with genetics. This is due to pure inequity um, in the system.
0: Yeah, so on a crash course of various different stats on Māori health inequities, um... A Maldi men live 7.5 years less than non-Maldi men, Maldi women live 7.3 years less than non-Maldi women. As far as cardiovascular disease mortality goes, Maldi are two times as likely to die, and Maldi are also about four times more likely to be hospitalized for heart failure than non-Maldi. And those are just some random uh, data points that we picked out from huge multitudes of various different ways where moldy are hugely disadvantaged in pretty much all areas of health. So if you are a moldy man, you're about seven point five years less to live than non moldy men. As for, and as for women, it's about the same, which is a huge difference, especially since that's an average. Uh, am across huge numbers of people all around the country.
1: And this is why it's so important that we appreciate these differences and look into this because um, seven and a half years is a lot and we've got um, new tamariki every year and we want to ensure that they have good lives ahead of them. So we really want to make these changes now and change that seven and a half years to just keep on going down until it is... Zero,
0: And of course, that's not talking about making things worse for non moldy but making sure that Moldy are treated with the same respect, the same opportunities, and the same services and standards of care as all other people in our country.
1: And of course, the um, disadvantage doesn't just extend to health. We also see the same thing in oral health, And as a dentistry student, of course, I will find a way to bring up the mouth. So I'll just run you through some of the points which the New Zealand Oral Health Survey found in 2009, which is a nationwide survey. So across all age groups, Māori were more likely to have poor oral health-related quality of life, which basically means that because of what's going on in your mouth, your life is negatively impacted. Um, They also found that the day-to-day lives of Māori were greatly impacted by their oral health. Um, So this can mean things like not being able to get a job because um, of how your teeth look. It can mean not being able to eat, um, not being able to sleep because you're in pain. Um, It's a whole multitude of things. Maldi adults had greater accumulated lifetime experience of dental disease. Um, And as we said before, there's really no genetic reason for this. We've pretty much all got the same teeth. This is purely just down to the system. And finally, they had poorer oral health overall and poorer access to dental care facilities. Um, so that's a big reason why there's this inequity as well. Um, you know, there's healthcare systems out there, of course, but they are not geared towards Māori and Māori just can't utilize them. And now that we're um, heading towards wrapping up, we want to go through what is being done about um, these issues. So what's being done in the country at the moment to address the problem?
0: So one of the more recent changes uh, uh, in the system that you've probably heard about is the new Māori Health Authority, or Te Aka Whai so this is really interesting and really important in enhancing Tino Tiratanga, so the ability for Māori to make their own decisions about their own health, and it allows Māori uh, influence over or Māori, which is the Māori conception of health, all throughout the healthcare system across the country. So this is a national level body all across the country and it has various different goals to improve the health and well-being of Māori. Uh, One of which is that it tries to lead change in the way that the entire healthcare system understands and responds to Māori health needs. Uh, They also are involved in, in developing strategy and policy to drive better health outcomes for Maori, they commission co-pauper services and other health services that target Maori communities. They co-commission other services alongside Health New Zealand, and finally, they they monitor the overall perf- performance of the system to reduce health inequities for Maori. So, to condense that all down, the focus and aim of Te Aka Fai Ora is understanding how different Māori communities across the country are doing in terms of health and trying to find out different ways that they can provide services to best help them out. And over time, I'm I'm monitoring how that's going and how they've managed to reduce health inequities for Māori. So it's a group done by Māori, for Māori with the best Māori health interests at mind.
1: And in terms of dentistry, we have a few things going on there as well. Um, like I mentioned before, we have the Maldi Dental Health Body. Um, and then we also have a few smaller community projects like Tour Waha Wairua, which is a community and fano driven um kind of dental week where they completed six hundred and seventy-seven dental treatments, which were all free. Um, and this was really important for the Māori community because they actually made up 95% of the patients um, who were treated. So that was awesome. Um, and there's another kind of group called Orator who have lots of different primary health services. Um, some of them are dental. And there's a few projects going on there like Hapu Mama where they provide free dental treatment for Maldi and Pacifica pregnant mothers so that their tamariki can have a um, good start in their oral health journey because you can only be orally healthy um, if you have a good start in life. Um, And there's also free periodontal treatment for diabetic patients going on in Cannons Creek and just lots of really cool things going on around the country. So um, give that a Google if any of that sounds like something you'd be interested in getting involved in. And just before we um, wrap things up, we thought we'd just kind of take it right back to um, the roots of the differences here. And really illustrate why the healthcare system we have now is not working for Māori Um because we're going to talk about the differences between the Western kind of view of health and the Māori view of health.
0: Yeah, exactly. So from a cultural standpoint, there is a difference in the Western and, and Teo Māori views of health. So in Western health, we have traditionally thought of it as a as a dualism between mind and body, where it's very much a... A reductionist view, and if something is wrong with you, we just need to treat some part of your body with a surgery or drugs or something like that, and you'll be fine. but in a moldy in a moldy worldview, health is much more holistic. Uh, there's a model called Tifa tappha, which outlines the various aspects of whole and moldy or moldy health. So there's physical health, taha tīnāna, there's mental health, taha Hinanado, there's family or social health, which is taha awhānau, and finally there is spiritual health, which is taha wairua. And all of these are equally important, and if any one of these has a problem, then their health is going to take a dive. So, so it's not quite as simple as doing a surgery, or taking a pill, you need to consider the whole person, their family, their social connections, their the, culture and spirituality, as well as their physical person. And the healthcare system isn't really designed with that in mind. We've gotten a lot better in recent years, and the various health authorities have made huge strides to address this. But for the last century or so it's been quite abysmal at addressing these wider aspects of health that Māori uh, really identify with.
1: And we can really see how um, this is failing Māori people in New Zealand. When I think about going to the GP I think I don't feel well, I go there, I get prescribed medicine and then I'm completely better. But clearly, as Max just explained, this um, might not work for lots of Māori people. It doesn't meet many of their needs. Um, And when your needs aren't being met by the healthcare system, why would you engage in it? That's why we've lost a lot of um, Māori access to healthcare because it's not designed for them, which is what we need to change. Um, So, hopefully that's something you've taken away from today. Just to recap, we need more health services by Māori for Māori in New Zealand. Um, And not only that, but the services we do have, which are Pākehā-led, they need to be trained in how to be culturally safe spaces for Māori patients to encourage that engagement, and we need to make the existing healthcare system a lot more accessible. So thank you for listening this evening. Hopefully you've taken something away from this. We'll be back again next month.
0: Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.